Hey there, my name is Emily Roman and welcome back to the Soul and Success Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to go ahead and share how I plan my maternity leave around a uh, growing brand and business. So before I get into that though, um, I think I have to start be, you know, a little bit ways back. Um, in 2019, um, I had decided that I was going to let go of my marketing agency. In 2020, I stood an entire year, uh, you know, kind of doing fractional work, being a consultant and just kind of doing my thing. In 2021, I decided that I was going to go ahead and leave to Costa Rica. And, you know, my husband was still working um, in his job that he's been there for 13 years almost. And it was really hard for us to kind of like just come to a decision of like, okay, we're going to go ahead and leave that job. There were certain things that we wanted to make sure that we had uh, set up for ourselves before we, we left or before he left. And uh, being very candid here, I decided to leave no matter what. I left my husband here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Um, I left my husband um, and I went to Costa Rica myself with my daughter. And this was in, uh, yeah, 2021. And uh, I left April. I think it was March or April with my daughter. She was at that time, um, 1920, yeah, three years old. And um, we went there. The first week, I uh, it was kind of weird. I kind of had to set up all the condo. Like, I had to uh, pay the condo. And the condo was not furnished, so I had to, like, re like, I had to furnish everything, spend tons of money on that. But obviously nowhere near what you would expect to do something of that magnitude over here. Uh, we bought a new car. We did all the things. Uh, fast forward. Uh, Chris left his job. We finally retired him. I was doing some really amazing things with some clients and we were actually starting to increase our profit margin so much to the point that we needed to actually figure out where, where should we actually start putting this money in, into like investment? Like how do we make this extra money, the surplus make us money? And then I got pregnant <laughs> and that pregnancy, I got to tell you, like this pregnancy has been the worst. Um, I never experienced, I never expected that this pregnancy was going to be this bad. Um, immediately, as soon as I got pregnant, I mean, I don't know, like it could have been like a week or two. I, uh, like we had gone to get my dog vaccinated or to the vet. And on our, on our way to go pick her up, I was like, I was eating a lollipop and I started like, I threw up and I was like, ew, this lollipop may have been like bad or something. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like what's going on? Like I typically don't have stomach issues or anything like that. And, uh, I go in, I go back home and I don't know what made me do this, but I ended up taking a test and there it was. I was pregnant. Now, we didn't plan this pregnancy at all. Um, I thought that I was going to be the mom with the one child. Uh, things were great. Um, I have to be honest, and, and this is part of, like, I feel a little bit of a shame to express these feelings 
out outwardly. And I know that people are listening to this podcast and especially women and, and, and my hopes, and I'm, pr- I'm probably going to get judged by this, but my hopes is that there are women out there that experience the same feelings that I feel I felt during the pregnancy and post-pregnancy. And I want to let you know that you're not by yourself and that you're not a bad mom and that you're not a bad person for thinking the things that you were thinking. So I was frustrated, upset. I cannot believe this had happened to me. Um, you know, I, I was really, I just, I was not ready for it. I was not prepared because in my head, I had this, and, and not just in my head, I was living it, okay? You know, I, I was in a tropical paradise. I was making tons of money and my clients were great. My my daughter was in the best school that she's ever been. Like, they loved her. I Every weekend, we would go to the beach and we would explore Costa Rica. You know, we were in an abundance. And I was so ecstatic and, and, and I was just beyond myself. And at that time, you know, that was like, I think it was the second cohort of the Enterprise Offers Program. And things were doing great. And it was just oh, amazing, 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 amazing. And I just didn't picture myself having a kid at that time. And then not only did I not picture having a kid at that time, I also didn't expect how bad pregnancy could actually get. I was throwing up every single day, morning to night. It would not stop. My husband and my daughter came back to the United States. To be honest, I don't remember for what, but I just remember that they flew out for 10 days. I was by myself and my house manager and I was dying, okay? I was dying. At four months pregnant, I started feeling these pains in my pelvic bone. I, and I knew what this pain was because I was, I had that same pain back when I was pregnant with my first daughter. And, but I, with her, I started suffering from pelvic issues on my ninth, in my ninth month. Right. And the doctor was like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. It's common. And, you know, it's going to it's going to take care of itself once you give birth. Now, I do want to preface this and let you all know that, like, after Bella was born, I had postpartum depression for three years. It was me moving back to Costa Rica that started the healing process for my postpartum depression. And before Bella, I've experienced depression. I've experienced anxiety disorders, panic attacks. So like I've had these, uh, you know, I've had mental problems for a very long time. And I didn't address my postpartum depression when I was with Bella. Okay. When I was after post, like the postpartum with Bella. And I knew that this pelvic pain that I was feeling, I knew what it was. And I, not only did I not address my postpartum with Bella's uh, pregnancy, but I also did not address my physical issues. So I didn't go to a physical therapist. I didn't check down there. And I was just basically like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what I, I think that for me, like, first of all, I gained a ton of weight. Like I, I was this petite girl, 145 pounds before, pre- before getting pregnant with Bella. I came out of it, uh, at 187. And then what the crazy part was, is that I actually gained weight after the, after the baby was born. And all of this was because of depression, because I was, you know, burnt out trying to like burn the midnight oil with my my marketing agency at the time and trying to grow to seven figures and all this other stuff. And then I realized at that time throughout all of this, that that's not really what I needed, which is why I ended up moving to Costa Rica. And I ended up kind of, uh, compressing all of the things that I did in the marketing agency, burning the marketing agency down, and then starting to actually build a micro firm. And this is, at that time, that was the whole messaging. Build a micro firm, don't, you know, don't kill yourself to get to the seven-figure marketing agency because you have no idea how bad this is, like how complicated it is, how much effort you got to put in. If you're an entrepreneur and you're a mom and, and and you wanted to do all of this for freedom, you are putting yourself in a position where it's actually completely the opposite of what you're looking for. So here I am being the anti-guru, trying to build the anti-guru movement and all of a sudden I'm pregnant and I'm feeling these pains and I'm going through massive crap. And... I started to think, you know what, like I need to, I am, I refuse to have the same experience that I had before. And so at this time I had good credit and I had savings accounts, savings. And so what I did was I started just kind of like collecting my nuts as, as much as I possibly could. And, you know, I did really good on that. Here's where things kind of got a little bit, you know, just out of control. I, even though I put all of my, gathered my nuts, I also started using some of that, of that money to grow the brand because I was like, you know, I have, I have like a decent, like a couple of five figures in my bank account. Let me use some of this to can I run ads, hire a marketing agency, this, this, this and that. So that way I don't have to do it all on my own. Because in my head, what I was thinking was, let me outsource these things. So that way I can continue to grow while being pregnant, while going through all of the things that I'm going through. But here's, here's, here's a red flag. You know, I should have actually, I should have done the opposite. I should have just gathered my nuts, closed things down slowly, let like, just like, uh, slowly graduate out the last cohort at that time and close the business down as much as possible and let myself heal for the next three to four months. I ended up coming back to the United States. Big, big, big mistake. Um, I'm not going to go into that in this episode. And I may actually go into that in a later episode. It just depends on, uh, I got to pray about it. But I do want to let you know, it was a tremendous mistake on my part uh, to come here. And this led to a lot of issues. Um, I came in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk at that point. Mind you, now this is six months, right? I'm six months pregnant, not even with a big belly yet. And I couldn't even walk anymore. And I was crying every night and crying every day. I hate it here. And my hormones just made it worse. And instead of me thinking like, oh, 
red flag like girl you need to get yourself together slow it the f down all the way down like i couldn't hear my voice in this whole process of being pregnant and my my uh my nature because this is this is who i am my nature was just to like thug it out you know like nah like i feel pain i feel this i feel that but i'm still gonna thug it out like let's keep going instead of actually practicing what i've been preaching for the last two years while in costa rica which was slow living redefining success for women in marketing for women entrepreneurs and really creating that hive where i as the queen would be protected during the most vulnerable time of my life which is being pregnant right anyways i didn't do that instead what i did was i went back to the basics of who i am and that's me being a thug and i just tried to hustle and grind my way through it and i started seeing that i was spending thousands upon thousands of dollars like i kid you not like one marketing agency cost me fifteen hundred dollars a month they were not doing what they were supposed to do it was feeling like i was just another number i don't know how to run ads you know not i'm not a mark like i'm not an ad specialist but i know how to run ads profitably and then the other agency cost me three thousand dollars a month plus another three thousand dollars on ad budget and i was doing that for months bro like i was doing that for months and i wasn't really getting the kind of results that i was expecting because i was thinking yo like i already had cohorts go through this program successful cohorts they were happy they were ecstatic with the results that they were getting and it wasn't even like a fully done full-fledged program imagine when i have like all the bells and whistles with the webinars and all this other crap not was it was not happening my messaging changed sometime along that moment where i came back to the united states and i stopped practicing what i preached about the slow living about the microfirm about you know again redefining success for women entrepreneurs Instead, I went back to thugging it out. So what did I do? I started putting my head, like slamming my head against a wall, trying to crush that concrete wall when there was another door over there. But my pride was so, and my ego was so much that because again, I had my nuts collected that I just wanted to keep on going. So I give birth. And... I give birth. It was a hot, it was a very bad. It wasn't it wasn't a good birth. I my epidural was placed incorrectly. So I had to get the epidural twice. The night before Leo came up. I was like they had me do all these types of positions because he was not engaged and it was like I felt between like the the contractions and the pains of contractions and being lifted up in this like thing like i'm telling you i felt like i was being i was in a crucifixion movie okay meanwhile my husband's over there snoring because he can't like he's falling asleep like it was horrible it was horrible 
once the baby was ready to come out, there was a moment where his heartbeat went down and all of a sudden the nurse rushes out and I don't know what's happening. And there now there's like a dozen people in my bedroom all around me. And I look to the left and I'm looking at Chris and I'm like, Chris, tell me what do I have to do? They're telling me to push, not push. Like they're giving me instructions. But in my in this moment, I couldn't hear them. I couldn't hear what they asked me to do. And I looked at Chris's Chris and he was on my left side. And I was like, Chris, please tell me what do I need to do? And he was telling me and all I could hear was his voice. And they stopped me from pushing and I and I don't know what happened I honestly even to this day I mean he's he's about to be five months old and I still don't know exactly what happened I do know that he has this um this scar on his eye and all I can assume is that maybe he had the cord around his neck and it could have been really bad and this is the first time that I actually out loud, I say these things out loud and like review this story out loud. And, but there are moments during the day that I, um, that I think about it and it, it, it feels like this bucket of cold ice water, just like gushes into it onto me and I'm and I'm in shock and I'm scared and it feels like death and I'm constantly kind of going through that moment right every day and I don't talk about it we uh we come back home I am crawling up the stairs because on top of the birthing my pelvic issue doesn't go away and now it's worse because I can't feel my left leg. Now, the theory is, is that the epidural did something. The failed epidural did something to my to my body. And they sent me a walker. I couldn't walk. Like, I was crawling up and down the stairs. I couldn't hold my child for long periods of time. For the first couple of months, Chris was basically spending the nights with him because I couldn't even do, I couldn't, I just couldn't look at him. And then when my breast milk started coming out, you know, breast milk production happens because of hormonal things that happen in your body. Well, all of a sudden I start getting these uh, huge cysts under my breast and I'm like, what is going on? And they're extremely painful. Like when I tell you that I would have rather give birth again, I like it's that painful. And um, they started erupting, pus, blood just coming out. And I know I'm going to probably have to put graphic something in this podcast, pus, blood coming out like Every single day, a new cyst would come and then the old cyst would erupt. And it was this cycle, never-ending cycle on top of me having to breastfeed him. So I had gauze underneath my breast 
covering all of the cysts while I'm breastfeeding and having chipped nipples and all this other crap that happens that normally happens when you're breastfeeding and you're learning to breastfeed again. Him crying, him needing me. It was, let me tell you, like, it was bananas. In the meantime, I have a coaching program that I need to execute. I have client work. And well, the client work at that time for the first three months was slow. I didn't actually work because I had planned for maternity leave and I had some, again, I had money to kind of cover the life expenses for us at that point. Um, and I didn't at all projected that this could happen and so this is just I want to I'm sharing all of this because just like it was maternity leave it god forbid it could have been something else and five months later uh I'm still (laughs) I'm still deep in the postpartum stage and Uh, My body is not healing as fast as I'd like it to. I am going through stuff, Um, but I'm grateful because little by little, we are getting better. We are progressing. And one thing that I wish that we could do better is really just ensuring that we are doing the best that we can to protect ourselves within our business and even if you're making three to five thousand dollars a month and that's not a lot because when you take taxes away that's just not a lot of money you still can do certain things to to really again protect you because what happens especially as a mom like what happens when you're down and out because of burnout i will never forget that a couple of years ago, when I first started my business online, I saw a Facebook post about an entrepreneur that had a heart attack due to stress. And it, it, it keeps repeating in my mind that that could be any of us if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't plan ahead, if we don't build systems of support that truly are truly going to mitigate you know the things that can happen because life is not certain because things can happen at any moment I also um there was this girl this lady I forget her name if I can remember her name this lady she had a uh she had a baby a couple of months before I did and she talked about uh, having Aflac, which is like uh, short-term insurance, short-term something. And basically, I've had Aflac in the past through my husband's um, employer, previous employer. And Aflac, what it does is it basically gives you paychecks when you're in short-term disability. That's short-term disability. That's what it's called. So if you are... In the process of being of getting pregnant, I recommend that you sign up for Aflac or short-term disability if you can. There is such a thing for Aflac for entrepreneurs, so take a look at it. Again, this is not financial advice. I, I need to add it in here, 
but I want to make sure that you guys understand that there are programs out there. Like people talk about marketing and funnels and ads and uh, lead magnets, community building, branding, all this other crap. But nobody talks to you about the things that really actually matter when you're running a business. Even if you're only making $1,000 a month, there are programs out there that can support you in your life. And that's and, and like for me, it's like, why are we not talking about these things? Why is nobody actually sharing the real deal about like, yo, if you are about to have babies, if you want to have babies and you're planning for that and you will not have a business, this is what you need to do in order to get yourself together, right? Of course, get your finances in check, right? Like savings, is your credit fine? Do you have credit cards that you can use in case of an emergency? Don't use your cash, use your credit, leverage that, right? Um, but also like, again, short-term disability, long-term disability, do you have business insurance? Like these are the things that matter. Cause when I, when I tell you when, when the storm comes, because it's not if it comes, it's when the storm comes, are you prepared? Are you prepared? And especially as we're moving into 2024, I want you guys, I know that everybody's planning for, for 2024, creating your business plan, blah, 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 blah. Add in there a, a clause or a section where you are strategizing the best way to protect your business, to protect your revenue currently if something goes down, if clients decide to ask for refunds, if if you can't deliver because you're having an illness, if a contractor makes a mistake in, in the business that actually affects the client, uh, if you're looking to give birth, short-term disability, long-term disability, spend that money. Like even if you're like, oh my God, I'm only making $3,000, but short-term disability costs $300. I don't know how much it costs because I, I, was, I was ignorant to the fact and I didn't have that set up. But if it costs $300 for you a month for you to protect your business and your current revenue, do it. Even if it leaves you with $700 in your pocket at the end of the day, do it. It is a an expense and you are better off just putting you're better off just spending that like spending that money today on that monthly expense than being facing a challenge of not having that cushion or that safety net when you need it the most. And I hope that you never need it, but I would rather you have it than not. So to recap, get your finances in check. It's 2024 is coming. Get your finances in check. And it's not just about increasing your revenue. Sometimes, you know how they say like sometimes uh, like uh, you can make more money off of your current customers. Like getting a new customer is more expensive than actually retaining an old customer. And, and obviously, right, because there's a cost to incur for new customers. It's the same thing with the revenue that you currently have. Keep the revenue like, yes, let's have plans about growing our revenue next year for sure. Let's figure out how to do that. But at the same time, what are you doing to protect the current revenue that you have today? That is the question for this episode. I'll talk to you later.